Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello. We're heading into the weekend. Thank you so much for hanging out with us as we drive at home. We have a great show lined up for you today. And to get it all off in the first hour, ooh, do I need to move the camera down? This is where, it's always fun with the camera. It's fun with the camera in studio. This is why you should watch the live stream so you can see me futzing with the focus and the angles. Uh, there you go. You can go to the, uh, Facebook live page for WCPT or the Patty Vasquez show page where you can see basically it is uh, you have to guess what baseball hat I'm wearing before you go to the Facebook live stream which which one's it going to be today which uh, baseball hat and t-shirt combo we uh, have of course today in the first hour we have first timer Friday we've got some great gift cards to give away so come up in a little bit we'll have the phone lines open because of course we want to hear from you and find out what's on your mind and if you've never called this show before it's okay if you've called the station, talk to other hosts. But if we haven't heard from you on this show on the air, we want to we want to give you a gift and hear from you. It, it doesn't does not have to be on a topic. It can uh, just uh, just we'll just meet each other on the air. And I know we've got some new listeners, uh, some folks who have been messaging me saying that they uh, found they came across my Facebook page and they were like, "You're back on the air." And it, it's I, I I feel bad that I can't reach out to everybody who used to listen to me on other uh, airwaves uh, that we are over here at WCPT. So I need your help too. If you like the show and you're watching it on Facebook Live, you know what? Share that on your page or recommend it to your friends if you are listening and you know that there are people who uh, might enjoy the show. And even if you don't think they'll enjoy the show, let them hate listen. That's okay. You know, at the if you have relatives that are, are wildly uh, on the other side of the issues than, uh, than I am, perhaps you are, tell them to, take, to just listen and, uh, and see what they think. And, and, and you know what? Encourage them to call. And then when they win a First Timer Friday gift card, they can share it with you. Maybe, uh, maybe you want some hot sauce from Gindo's Spice of Life. Uh, you can, you know, get a couple, couple pairs of t- uh, boot tights <laughs> with weather like this. They're very comfortable to wear, and uh, I highly recommend. So, first timer Friday coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, we'll open up the, f- the phone lines, and uh, we would love to hear from you. Of course, a lot of stories in the news. Uh, you know, everyone really. Um, Focuses. Of course, we are drawn to uh, the antics and craziness of Donald Trump, and it's weird to watch someone's mother's funeral and have everyone locking into little nuances in the images of body language, of facial expressions, of who rode in whose car. And I, I just, if I was like, there's a lot going on, and this part I found, I found icky. Um, so I just, uh, we'll just, that's all I'm going to say about that part. Cause unless you have, if, if you have thoughts, I will, I'm happy to hear them, but, uh, that this, this was weird to me. Um, everyone kind of dissecting every, uh, every single movement. There's video of, uh, folks leaving the church. So that, of course, that's a news. I, during the, the news break, you heard that, uh, Sports Illustrated has announced that they are laying off a lot of their staff. And I was really disappointed to hear that. And and I was thinking, I'm sorry. I can't. My computer is yelling at me. I don't know. I never have known how to turn Siri off on my lap. It's my laptop, Paul. Um, do you not turn my? Do, do you use Apple products, Paul? Paul Shivari in our producer's booth today behind the glass. Uh, yes, and I have no idea how to turn off Siri. Have you ever had that problem where does she just randomly thinks I'm talking to her? No. When I set up the phone, I I set it up not to have Siri involved at all. So I think that's why oh. I'm lucky. But sometimes when I have my headphones in, it'll like just decide to just start Kicking. and play music, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> 
Hey, by the way, it is frustrating. By the way, uh, we did not get to exchange uh, chili uh, samplings last week. You and I were going to bring in our snow day chili for last Friday. You were uh, trapped. Yeah, I was stranded in uh, in Cary, Illinois, no. because the power lines on the train tracks. Oh, so you take you take Metro into into yes, the station. Did, yeah. Oh, and then it's a, a haul from the Jefferson Park station, isn't it? Yeah, in the cold. Yeah, oh it's about God. 15, 20 minutes. It's nice that we have the platform at Gladstone Park, but they only stop there a couple times a day. Yeah. It's, do you, you know what? I'm going to be here till almost eight. Do you want me to give you a ride to the station when we're done? No, that's okay. You sure? I, my, the next train I would catch is close to nine. So, <sighs> yeah. Well, maybe I'll come back and get you. I'm sorry? I said maybe I'll come back and get you. Okay. <laughs> just, I, the show is Whiskey and a Cookie, so I don't know how far, how long I'll be. I'm don't kidding. worry about me. <laughs> I mean, there's always Vaughn's, so, you know? Vaughn's oh, is a great Oh, you spot. go to my neighborhood joint. Yeah, I love Vaughn's. I love the bartenders there. It's a, it's a great place. It is the best. Yes, tell them I said hello. Will do. All right. <laughs> tell them to give you the Patty Vasquez discount, which is actually an increase. I'm kidding. Vaughn's on Northwest Highway, one of the uh, great uh, pubs on the Northwest side. One of my, do you, they have a great chopped salad, by the way. Uh, they have a salmon, like an Irish salad with salmon on it. Fantastic if you like a salad. Okay. Uh, I've had, um, I think, like the burger there. Yes. Had, good burgers. Uh, they have like great appetizers. Like, you know, you can get like yes. tater tots with curry sauce. I'm or, sorry. Your cheese uh, curds, uh, your fried cheese curds are a must there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, the pretzel that they have oh. there is really good. <laughs> the pretzel. Giant pretzel. Yes. Oh, that, may, that warms the cockles of my heart that you go to one of my favorite places in the neighborhood. It's a shame next door, the, the North Branch Chicken used to be open there, and that was one of my favorite chicken joints. That's been several things over the years. Yes. I remember it was like a barbecue yes. joint. Yeah. Friends of mine from grade school had actually opened that up. And I was excited for them. It's just Vaughn's is part of a, a chain. There's like a franchise. So there's, a, there's okay. a few of them. So I think that helps support them when, when times are lean. And I think that a standalone on that block, it's just tough. It, it's just it a seems really... like Vaughn's has a built-in crowd. Yeah. Too. Every time I pass by there, especially if it's like a Saturday night, it, it could be crowded sometimes. Yes. And do you love that it's an Irish pub with Irish servers? Yes. Although <laughs> I, I love, though, that I think the one with the thickest accent was actually born in Chicago, and the one without the accent was born in Ireland. Oh, so that's they're funny. Two sisters that work there. <laughs> well, the great thing, too, is when you go to Vaughn's, you have bar- the bartenders, the servers have an Irish accent, and then you can hear the Mexican music coming from the kitchen. <laughs> and my Irish-Mexican heart is so happy when I I'm there. I'm like, this is fantastic. So it's like the, the embassy or your, it, it your, your home, my, home my, place. Yeah. It's my mothership right there at Vaughn's on Northwest Highway. Yeah. It's a, I love that place. Yeah. So I, we will have to figure out another time. To, I'm, I don't know when I'm going to make another batch because it takes a long time. I mean, like I, I put mine in a crock pot. Do you do you do it on the stove or crock pot? We do stove. Yeah. But you, it, it, it's also too, you kind of burn out on it when you eat it four days in a row. You right? don't really want to make it right away. <laughs> Like, I was like trying to figure out different ways to eat it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put an egg on it today. All right, I'm gonna have it with, I love it with cornbread. A little bit of cornbread. Uh, do you do yes. ch- tortilla chips? Cornbread? What do you do? I, well, we did cornbread on the last one and tortilla chips, but I, I'll, I'll mix it up with like Ritz crackers sometimes, or just French uh, bread. Just anything. Yes. Any sort party. of starch or something to, to dip it up with. So I have taken to making and this. Is, you know how they have those TikTok videos? Show me something that changed your life forever on TikTok. It's grilled cheese sandwiches that have the cheese. Uh, obviously on the inside, but also on the outside. Okay. Oh my God. 
it is because it kind of caramelizes. Yeah, I've seen like the cheese crust that yes. people put on things. Yeah. Oh. I saw like a short rib burrito that a guy made, and he's like, we had to do a cheese crust on the outside to hold it together. Yeah, well, as you do. As why, you do. Why yes. wouldn't you? One of my other favorite things is using uh, the biggest slice from a middle of an onion, you know, a thick, like about a half inch cut, okay. and you put that on the skillet, and you crack an egg in it, and that goes really, very nicely on uh, my egg bagel, on a bagel sandwich. Okay. And, yeah. little, and it just cu- cooks the onion around it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite things. Yeah. I'll do onion anything. That sounds delicious. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm a sucker for onion anything. I'm the same way. It was funny. I had bought salads uh, from a pizza joint, and uh, they, I had red onions. Griffin had friends over. They were all in the basement, and, like, none of them ate red onions. I could, like, all the red onions were on this. I'm like, well, you, you know what? I'm, you don't get those next time. Those it's are, an acquired taste, I will admit. Are, Have you ever done ra- raw red onion? Like, red onion raw on an empty stomach. Why would you do that? Just by itself, like eating. Like I, a- I ended. Long story. I ended up in uh, Manhattan. I was in Little Italy, and it was like, got to go to an authentic Italian place. And it was like the first thing I ate was a salad that day, and it was like a hot summer day, and I, oh. had like a, I was like keeled over with a stomach ache for like the first ten minutes. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I would imagine the, uh, yeah, that wouldn't go well on an empty stomach. Would certainly on a hot day too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know if we've talked since this happened. Were you here the night that I had had the ghost pepper on the pizza at the Christmas party? Yes. Yeah. That you was were crazy. Not doing well. No, I was not. I actually, uh, for folks, I, I was, there was a Christmas party. Uh, long story short, I was not informed that there was a massive amount of ghost peppers on this pizza. And uh, I got, I started getting sick on the way home, got violently sick at home, called Jerry. I'm like, you're going to need to come in in case I need to call an audible and run out. And I did. I had to run out of the studio. I didn't, I couldn't hold anything down for about two days. I couldn't eat very much for about three days. It was bad. It's one of the worst things I've, I've and I, I'm really hesitant to eat hot sauces. Like my chili, I had to back off some of the, the spices that I put in there, some of the fire and the But heat. normally you like spicy foods? I, and I usually, oh yes. Oh, well, like like reasonable yes. spicy foods. Yes. Like an habanero is nothing insane. No, but, you know, but, yeah, well, and not just. But but see, I like the kick of it. Like I have an entire compartment, and it's all gourmet. Like our friends from Gindo Spice of Life. Like they have one that's got like a garlic, like black garlic hot sauce. But it's yeah. not. It's, it's just the heat isn't overpowering. But ghost peppers, like I, it was so weird because I've tried replaying it, and there's video of me. They they thought it was funny that we were like two guys were like sweating and like their eyes were tearing up, and they took a video of me, and I was like I was like trying to like breathe it out because the minute I was holding the pizza like the just the fumes of it were burning my throat but my brain disengaged like well just pizza and I had thought that it was re- roasted red peppers yes yeah that was what you I, said it was in, the way it was indicated yeah I thought it was roasted red peppers and uh and so I took a bite and it was still not my mind wasn't registering the amount of damage I was doing to my throat to my esophagus to my stuff it was like this is horrible so yeah I'm, I'm trying to ease back into hot sauces but I'm not like like Right, even thinking about it, like I start getting like those nausea, like yeah, the, the fluids go. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you have like pepper post traumatic stress I disorder. Do. Paul, there's an entire compartment. I would say conservatively, there's probably about 15 bottles of hot sauce in my fridge right now. Okay, because it's a little and, and uh, like. I love hot, my hot sauces so much. Uh, Tea Dogs, one of my favorites. Uh, they're a local. He's a local vendor. And then Gindos. There's a, there's a few. Spice Girls, G R R L S. Okay. Um, they're amazing. They do cannabis infused uh, hot sauces. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, but anyway, so but Steve came into the kitchen one time and I was I, I made like a growling noise because I, I was so excited. I was just basically sometimes food is just a delivery system for you doing the like hot the sauce. Homer Simpson like. Uh, <sighs> On. Just even thinking of what I what I realized, I was I've put my I have a blackberry hot sauce that I've put on ice cream and it's amazing. That sounds with, great with cherry pie. Oh my god, 
See, I, I think I'm gonna come back. I think I'll be able to come back. Matt Cummings here at WCPT, our operations manager, he makes a, those um, the vinegars with the the with oh, like counting his own peppers. Yeah, yes, yeah. those are great. And I just use the juice from that for for stuff. That's all okay. I need. Yeah, just I like, I, I'm, I do tend more toward vinegary hot sauces. You know, rather than like I've the thick base. I've never actually noticed the difference. I mean, what's what's the alternative to a vinegary hot sauce? I think they. I'm trying to remember what the different like like ten like uh, Nashville hot sauce. I mean Nashville barbecue. Let's say barbecue sauce. That's okay. a, my best point of reference. You know, like those thicker, heartier ones, more tomatoey. Yes. Like yeah, those, okay. there's that kind, of, and then so the same thing for like hot sauces. You know, like those richer, denser, yeah, con- okay. uh, consistency to them. Whereas vinegary is more North Carolina, I believe. And anyone's uh, welcome to give me a call. I think maybe Kansas City's got a different one, but uh, they've got. But there's a bit more. Vinegar. They're a little more runny. They're, they've got that vinegar taste to it, whereas the other ones are sweeter. They're denser. That kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I prefer more. I am more of a vinegar kind of Are guy. you a fan of Hot Ones, the YouTube show where they interview people and eat hot wings? No. Uh, no. And there's this very weird and specific reason that I don't like watching people eat hot peppers and not because I have suffered myself. Years ago on Ellen DeGeneres' show, and I've told this story so many, I, I, it was the last time I ever enjoyed watching Ellen. She had Sandra Bullock on and she was kind of haranguing her about something about a rental property that Ellen had wanted for an event, but Sandra had gotten it first. But she goes, hey, I hear that you'll try anything once. And, you know, Sandra Bullock trying to be game about it. She had her eat a hot pepper and was like getting progressively more uncomfortable as Ellen is. And, and it was Ellen's shtick was that she would sort of, you know, trick people and pull all kinds of tricks on them. But I really yeah, just like an instigator. I know. And I really just want I, I just I, I really kind of enjoy Sandra Bullock a lot. And I did not like watching her suffer. Like they gave her milk and she was trying to like talk again, just like making somebody suffer and put them in pain. Yeah. The hot like interviewing somebody while they're eating progressively. It's just it's a lot going on. And I actually don't like watching people eat food like ribs or, or wings. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like eating them myself in front of people. Because it's so messy and weird and like barbaric yeah. in a way. Yeah, right? I'm like, I'm just gnawing at a bone. Ah, yeah. You watch someone go into like caveman mode yeah. and it's kind of not a pretty thing to see in people somebody. Like- Suck it off, like they just pull all the meat off, and that really yeah. sounded weird when I said there at the first point. So we were, it's just what it is. But if you know what I mean, or no, it's just I can't. Okay, my I used, my mom. Okay, sorry, mommy, if you're listening. When I was younger, because I didn't like to eat all the meat off the bone, she would take my bones that didn't have all the meat, to, and she would eat them, and I was like. Pah! <laughs> I mean, like, I know it's a mom thing. It's just like when she puts her spit on my face. But I'm like, what, what are we doing here? What, what is happening? Yeah, I don't, I don't like any of that stuff. All right, let's take a break here. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to uh, talk to us about anything. 773-763-9278. Did I get it right about hot sauces and barbecue sauces? I'm not sure. Uh, we will continue our conversation uh, about that or whatever's on your mind. Stories in the news, uh, how you're going to get through this another blast of cold this weekend. Let us know. 773-763-9278. And the phone lines are open for first time or Friday, too. We've got some great gift cards I'll tell you about when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technocraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. 
hope you get the chance to uh, have WCPT on in some manner. I have WCPT on all the time throughout my house. It's on my car radio. On my, I've got the TuneIn app. The TuneIn app is free, folks. And for those of you who are message us and say, hey, the signal starts to get weaker, you can listen to us online. I know a lot of folks don't have access to the Internet or perhaps a mobile device with, uh, with apps. Um, but if you do, I recommend downloading the TuneIn app, and you can listen to WCPT for free on the TuneIn app. You have a few ads kind of sprinkled in there. And you can also listen to us on the heartlandsignal.com website, WCPT820 website as well. Uh, you can watch the live stream on our Facebook page. We'd love to have you join the conversation there. And I got to check in with everybody too. And don't forget coming up at seven o'clock central, I will be uh, kicking off our weekly episode of Whiskey and a Cookie. Uh, joining me will be Adam Selzer, uh, hopefully Adam, uh, hopefully Esmeralda Leon, uh, Elliot Serrano, and possibly Scott Santos will be there. But I know, I know Adam was out with his Find a Grave Friday. Adam is a historian and an author, has written a book about oh, many things, by the way, H.H. Holmes, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he also writes young adult books. Uh, in, like, you know, like he has one, he has a book called uh, Play Me Backwards about this kid who works at an ice cream shop who he thinks his coworker is Satan. It's a young adult uh, sort of fantasy books. Um, but he's got over 24 different books. So go visit him at mysterioushicago.com. And that's Adam Selzer on Facebook. He'll be on our, uh, he's one of our co-hosts on Whiskey and a Cookie. And uh, let's get it. By the way, so I was saying, ha, you know, if you can, um, you know, keep the, you, you always catch something that maybe hadn't occurred to you or uh, part of a conversation that's really, uh, I think, you know, a point of view that maybe um, just needs to be amplified. So if you can, just I, I have it on all the time. I'm just saying, I'll throw my house. Uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve's like, do you have this on in every room? Yep. I got it on in the bathroom the living room, the kitchen, and my bedroom. It's all over the place. That's why I catch conversations like the Kitchen Table Progressives. Paul in Seattle is joining us, the host of Kitchen Table Progressives, Sunday nights at 6. How you doing, Paul? What's on your mind? Hey, Patty. You know, um, wow, H.H. Holmes. You know, there's a, I think Wikipedia still has his mugshot. There, I, I, after I read, you read Devil in the White City, right? I have not read it, but uh, but I'm familiar with no, it. No, you got to read. Oh, you got to read Devil in White City. Eric Larson, Seattle author. But I got so intrigued because he was. They said it said that his his blue eyes were so disarming, you know. And I just I had to see what does this cat look like. And I actually Wikipedia, uh, at least when I read the book a few years ago, had his picture, his mugshot from his uh, his booking into the prison where he was executed. So. Uh, for the murders of, actually, I think it was two children. But uh, well, ooh, what a creepo. What a creepo. Yeah, and, and Adam's, <laughs> Adam's book is H.H. H. Holmes, The True History of the White City Devil. So he goes yeah. into not only the, the crimes that were associated with him, but also how the legend really erupted around him. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But recommend. anyway, so, uh, yeah, you're, you're right about North Carolina oh. barbecue. The hot stuff is vinegar. Yes, yeah, but it? you see, I think that, um, and this is why I go the tomato way, um, the, the thicker way, is because sure. you can do more with it. Uh, because when you got hot, along with vinegar, it's really harsh. Like because the vinegar itself is harsh, you know. Yeah, it's like it's hitting you, so you don't need as much hot. Right. I think when you do, yeah, that sounds right. Go ahead. But so, but what I do, and I have made. I entered my my famous, it was called Hot Mango Flash Pulled Pork. Hot Mango mm, Flash, how do you like that? Nice. And here's what I did, is that 
and I entered it into rib contest, and I was I was written like three. I did t- took three third places in a running in a rib contest with my pulled pork. Wow. Um, yeah, it's like people said we'd rather eat Paul's pork sandwiches, and I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Um, but what I did was I created this tomato base, uh, and I used habanero. And habanero is people think, oh, it's so hot. I it's really a different a deeper pungency, like what I think to be so, you know, kind of more harsh are like jalapenos and serranos. Habanero, yeah, it's very potent. But if you mix it into your tomato base, here's what you can do with it. Um, You can kind of mediate it with, uh, well, first thing I did was I grated into my, into my, uh, you know, tomato sauce, uh, uh, mango. So it gave it a sweetness. And then I I added some, brown sugar to it so it's got this it the brown sugar goes clings right onto the mango but it's going to be hot so it, and i did put a, quite a bit of heat on this but people were saying like i, I can't stop eating it otherwise it gets too hot <laughs> i have to keep eating or otherwise oh, my mouth starts on fire right oh that's wild. and then they're just yeah they're chugging beer because like oh i think i can't just but they have to keep eating sandwiches and sandwiches and it's like yeah and then the reason that i finally was knocked out of of my competition was that this thing, somebody's mom, see, I, what I decided was to see the, the key to a, a pulled pork sandwich is a good bun. So many people put uh, these, especially like, um, oh, down in North Carolina, you go to, uh, oh, what's that one place? They went so famous. They put their pork on a crappy, you know, like a 10 cent bun. Right. Yeah. You it's have like, to have, it's just, no, you yeah, have you got to have, you have a, a nice bun. Exactly. And so I bought, Deluxe buns, brought them to this contest, and I don't know, uh, they were setting up somebody's mom, and I bought like, I brought like 32 buns um, because I thought, I don't need everybody to eat it. I just need a majority of people to like it, right? Right. And somebody's mom decided, well, we got so many people, she cut my, all my deluxe buns into quarters. So they're like finger sandwiches, and nobody actually, you can't make a pulled pork sandwich out of finger sandwich, no, right? It's not like, no. oh, it's like, no, please, you did what? And nobody ate any of my stuff, right? Because it's like, well, how do you deal with this? Unless you just spoon it on your plate, right? And just eat it without any, yeah. Right. But yeah. you're right, you're right. The, the the vinegary stuff is normally what they go hot. But I and I whenever I buy it and I buy my uh, stuff from Strawberries Barbecue in uh, in Arkansas, and uh, I, I actually buy their vinegar and mix it with their sweet. I mix them together so that you get a little bit more texture because that vinegar is too thin and it's too hot, and it just it it leaves such a harsh um, afterburn. You know, yeah. I mean, you want if it's going to be hot, you want it to be warming, not something that. Like shocked you, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I guess I like the shock and the afterburn when I have my vinegar hot sauces. Oh, I, I like the vinegar stuff too, and um, you know that's kind of like it, when I was a kid. My grandmother used to make this German potato salad. That's like vinegar. Of course, it's not hot, really. It's not spicy, but it was like the vinegar used to hit my, you know, hit my jaw, and my ears would pucker up. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's like, I oh, Grandma. And then she'd always, like, have a shovel of a spoon that she'd say, hey, here, you want some more? And I'd say, no, thanks. And she'd go, oh, you're going to hurt Grandma's feelings. And she'd, like, give you a shovel oh, full. That's Another one, like, oh, no, i got to fight through this one, too. You the know? Guilt, yeah, the guilt feeding is always weird. Yeah, <laughs> guilt mom. feeding. Yeah, yeah, that was Grandma's all about. That's German. German guilt feeding, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a, a non-specific to any origin of uh, heritage because <laughs> my mom, be, yeah, yeah my mom's like, don't you like my cooking? And I'm like, no, I and then she, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, I love your food. I'm full. Can I be full? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, for- um, uh, on on Sunday, Kitchen Table Progressive will be uh, uh, Krista, uh, Krista Krista Gardner and the Stephanie Miller show will be joining me as my co-host. And we're going to just talk about these polls and opinions and why the polls and opinions seem just to be so mismatched or it, just, it doesn't seem to, uh, you know, meet reality or how could it be? How, how could how could these polls be like this? We'll try to make sense of it. And, of course, we're do, welcoming. Do you mean in relation oh. to between Trump and Biden or Trump and I'm uh, sorry, I, I missed that. Was it between Trump and Biden or the challengers to Trump? Oh, well. No, polls like uh, we're going we're gonna to look at this uh, Gallup poll that says that, uh, uh, it, 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 and here's how it's stated, uh, new high to of, uh, those who identify as Republican, yeah, 27%. But Democrats fall to all-time low, 27%. So now they're equal <laughs> at 27%. And the independents are just outpacing everybody at 42%. But some of them lean more Republicans. It's just... Yeah, no. The gaslight is just amazing. And why doesn't this line up with the reality of actually the election trends, the voting trends? I want to see that. We're also going to look at um, uh, apparently Joe Biden is very, very, very unpopular, you know, with with black voters. The the Democrats are like down to 69 percent. And I'm thinking uh, now, Krista knows more about this than I do, but I'm going to think, you know, because they see so much more potential with Trump. See, this is where it just it's the the poll gaslighting. I think is it's you know like I said, uh, you can re, you can you can rely on the two things that everybody has, which is an opinion and a rear end, <laughs> or then you can uh, the polls. You yeah. know, these Look, days. the thing is, I, I would say as, as someone who's run for office, the the best you can do with polling or you know that kind of research is to have it help shape your messaging. What's resonating with people is one thing, right? Like, is it abortion? Is it is it wages? Is it healthcare? All the right that that's that's more for them than for us to get our panties in a bunch because there most people are you know as hard as it is to believe everyone uh, as we have these conversations, most people are just going by to their in their day to day lives. You know, they're just working and taking care of their families and themselves and now trying to get through this yeah. winter, then they're not, they're not in this yet. And that's okay. Uh, we don't, as, as Stephanie says, we marinate in this and it's hard to believe yeah. nobody else is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the way I feel some days, maybe it's not so hard not to do this. Um, I know, but you know, I was listening to, listening to, cause I, I listen to right wing radio cause they, they won't have me. I, I can't get on any right wing radio anymore. They say, hi Paul. When they answer, and then, what do you got for us? And I'll tell them, and they'll say, well, okay, we'll pass it along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. I, well, I know where that's going to get. Absolutely. Do you, but, do you um, call into Chicago conservative radio? Do you call into the to the answer on 560? No, I haven't actually. I, uh, you know, I've heard them. Yeah, it's pro, it's Prof. I, I got to get their number. Yeah, that's where uh, I, I don't that I don't know, but uh, there it's that's where Dan Prof, I believe, with Amy Jacobson in the morning. You can always call into their show or at least listen right. to see what uh, they're up to. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The answer five six. Okay. I'll try that. Um, WJR Detroit. Uh, they're done with me. Um, <laughs> they, they are. That's all cumulus. That was taken over by cumulus. It, you know, I grew up in Detroit, so WJR used to be 
the great, uh, it's the great, it was the great voice of the Great Lakes. I mean, I, all I can remember is my dad working out in the yard in the summertime with the D- Detroit Tiger baseball game with Ernie Harwell on. And it was a full-service family radio station, and now it's been purchased by Cumulus, right-wing Cumulus uh, Corporation. And it is all right-wing. And I, so I, I now I just call it the great voice of the big lie. <laughs> this is what it, there you go. That's what it's become, the great voice of the big lie, a 50,000-watt, you know, maximum-watt AM radio station, uh, the pillar of Detroit for so many years. Um, but, yeah, they, they have a, a number of uh, wackos on there uh, that it's all Trump. You know, it's like the great voice of the big lie. But, yeah, I, I couldn't get on a, a, a conservative radio station, you know. Yeah, I, well, let's uh, take a swing at uh, 560 and uh, let me know. Let me know how that goes. I, Oh, I will. I'll, right. I'll, I'll look them up. Sounds good. Take care. Have a great weekend, Paul. Okay. Everyone, tune in yep. Sunday night for the Kitchen Table Progressives, hosted by Paul in Seattle at 6 p.m. Central. Take care. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break here. Continue taking your calls. And, of course, it is First Timer Friday. If you've never called, we'd love to hear from you because we've got some great, great, great gift cards uh, from some of our wonderful sponsors. And I'll tell you more about them when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. And we do have some great gift cards to give away for first-time callers. So give us a do- and. Is, I know some of you are like, ah, I want one of those gift cards. I'm going to call with a fake voice. <laughs> we do need to do like a, a, a gift card to some of our, our, uh, our all-time callers. Uh, so, But for tonight, it's uh, First Timers. Gindo's Spice of Life Hot Sauce in St. Charles. Uh-oh, she's going to bother me again. Uh, Brown Sugar Bakery in Chicago. Crave Brothers Farm said cheese of Waterloo, Wisconsin. They will ship you some incredible cheese. So you can be, it's, they'll ship anywhere, I believe. It's great stuff. Sam's Famous Salsa of Naperville. Those are local deliveries because he does. Does deliver those fresh uh, not long after you order them. Timeless Toys right here in Chicago, and they do uh, ship anywhere in the country. Rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends of, of Evanston. Uh, they have. Do you use Paul? Do you use rubs um, when you when you make like a? Pop? I do. You do. Yeah. I, 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 have, uh, I have a gift for you. How, how to barbecue right? Malcolm Reed. I'll, I'll use his. Okay. And then uh, I'll make my own sometimes. I'm, I'm gonna bring you. I'm gonna bring you some rub. Awesome. Thank All right. you. The, to make up for the fact that we couldn't have chili together, I'll send you home with a rub. Awesome. That sounded sound weird. And please don't call HR about that. Okay. <laughs> so that's Rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends. He's always got some great uh, blends and uh, sauces. I just I, I love the work that they do at, uh, at Buckaroo. And Hungry Monkey Baking Company now available in some of the jewels in your area. Uve Kitchen and Wine Bar, always with great charcuterie boards and all kinds of great snacks. And, of course, the best wines in the Chicagoland area. And BootTights.com. They, they're, you know, like the regular tights, but then they have little socks at the bottom. So you're not, like, slipping and sliding and rubbing on, the, on your inside of your boots and they have a great selection of socks uh, i have these uh, really cute uh, new tights I, I made my first time ever video review for amazon because i love them so much uh let's get to the phone calls let's 
let's finish our, uh, or if you want to call about hot sauces, you can, but uh, before we leave hot sauces too far behind, Mirna wants to talk about hot sauce. What's on your mind, my friend? Hi, there was a, well, Bittner's, the potato chip and snack company, uh-huh. um, used to, years ago used to promote their products by when they would deliver to whatever, uh, um, which con- they would send basically to a lot of restaurants, mm-hmm. not just to stores, uh, their products. And they would include little cups of hot sauce to kind of lure new customers in. And it's still uh, being sold. And it's called Quality Hot Sauce. It's made on South, I believe it's South Side of Chicago, comes in a gallon jug. It's one of those, like you described, vinegary. Okay. Very bright, it's very bright orange. Um, it's hard to find, I think, on the north side, but if you're ever over on the south side, southeast side, uh, you can go to the little Mexican stores and they sell it by the pint or by the cup. Is it chef's so chef quality hot sauce? Uh, it's, no, it just says, the label just says quality hot sauce. Oh, it just says quality hot sauce. Okay, just trying to find it. Yeah. Do you, uh, yeah, one of the things I grew up with. You know what, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go oh, ahead. I'll, I'll look for it and I'll, I'll text it to you if I can find the image. Okay. Uh, did you grow up with my mom? My mom likes chicharrones. So she'll put like a little bit of uh, lemon or lime. And then like she doesn't always put hot sauce. When I was younger, she had she would put more. Um, but I love mm-hmm. chicharrones with some a little bit of hot sauce, especially the vinegary kind. I like Louisiana's. Oh, yeah. I like Cholula. Um, you know, <laughs> Tabasco is OK. I feel like the, I feel like Cholula is better than Tabasco. But that's me. Yeah, I never cared for Tabasco, you know, and if you go to any of like the little uh, neighborhood stores in this area, uh-huh. uh, they have actually the gallon jug of the quality hot sauce with okay. a pump on it. Oh. And you, you buy like your little uh, bag of chips. You say, can, can I get five cents? And they give it five pumps directly in the bag. Nice. So you, you can, yes. without having to purchase a whole gallon. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure it's... I mean, just quick, because I, 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 I call your first-time callers the Vasquez Virgins, and I don't, I don't want to take up too much of the time. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm, already, I'm so. already wondering how I'm doing with HR. That's, <laughs> I don't want to call them Vasquez Virgins. Although I have... You know what? That's okay. a whole different conversation. <laughs> Not that there's a very long list from my 20s, but still, uh, I helped. I did help a couple people along. I'm just saying. All right. Take care. Okay. So a big hello and a big hug to Lady B. <laughs> a big hello and a big hug to Lady B. Okay. Uh, thank, thank you, you so Bye. much. She, by the way, she is she is recovering. I messaged, she, we messaged to get today. Uh, she's feeling well and she feels better that she has had the reconstructive, sur- reconstructive surgery for her, uh, for her oh. breast. So she's doing well. So thank you for, for mentioning her. I'm happy for her. Thank okay, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we do have a first-time caller. Pete is calling from Montgomery. Hey, Pete, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. Um, I actually texted you um, when you had that comedian as your uh, co-host, and the screen was kind of blurry. Okay. And, it, oh, and uh, Well, thank you for helping out with that. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we have the lens yeah. kind of out of, out of <laughs> you focus. You adjusted the camera. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I appreciate it. Where, uh, so you're in Montgomery? Where's Where's Montgomery? Yeah. Montgomery is kind of between Naperville, oh. uh, Plainfield, um, western, southwestern area. Okay. Is that where you, is that where you grew up, Pete? 
No, I actually grew up in Aurora, so okay. you know Aurora. And you, you <laughs> fled, Next door to Aurora, too. You fled to Montgomery. You're like, I got to get out of Aurora. This roundhouse isn't doing it for oh, me. Oh, actually, I lived in Texas for 17 years. Really? So Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. Yeah. How'd you like Texas? Love it. I'm trying to get back there. You are. <laughs> Not it, so much for the governor, but, you know. <laughs> for the weather? For the just, in gen- just yeah, the quality weather, of life? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, I loved it. What, can I ask what kind of work do you do? I uh, work uh, for Amazon. Oh, you do? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that, I mean, it's just, it's so strange how much our, I was thinking about this one day because I remember watching back in like the, I want to say the late 90s, maybe mid 90s, they were talking about this guy who was shipping books to people, you know, used books, new books, whatever, connecting them with, with supplies. And I think he had like some of his early offices, like they were, they were excited because he was bringing jobs in North Dakota. And I just, it's one of those things I saw it from the beginning a little bit like in the background and where we are now it's just it's just unfathomable to me that I can push I can yeah. just type something into my phone and it could be here by 8 a.m. tomorrow and and I and I want to thank you uh, for I know that it's a lot of hard work I don't know what which area you work in I don't want to make, make you go into specifics because I know it can be you know how you want to represent the company it's not on you but uh, thank you for, right. thank you for thank, I, you. thank you for making our lives better and yet I wish that you were making more because his you know that his 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 income, like his wealth, has doubled since 2020. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, so, so, here, yeah. so you're trying to get back to Texas? You can't. Is it? Is it the sub-zero weather? That's <laughs> just dreaming about Dallas. Um, oh, it is. It's a long story. I I actually worked for IBM for 17 years. So. Oh wow. All right. Well, I, I wish. Well, yeah. I wish, um, how long? Have, how long have you been listening to WCPT? How'd you find us? Oh, I don't know how long I've been listening. Uh, basically, since I've been back here, um, I came back in around 2016 or so. Okay. Uh, from Texas. And I was out there from uh, 99 to whenever I moved back here. So Okay. Well, don't be a stranger. Feel free to call. Now we know each other. And, and we're, we're going to put you on hold, and, and uh, Paul's going to take your information so we can send out a gift card, and we're so glad I'll, to have you. I'll call you out when the people look blurry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can call me and tell me that. It'd be good to hear from you. Thank you for the okay, help. Okay, I texted you that time. I yep. know. That's fine. I, I appreciate that, too. You have a wonderful weekend, and I wish you the best. We don't want to lose you to Texas, but if that's where you want to go, fine. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Stand by. Let me put you on hold, and uh, Paul will get your information, and we'll be sending out a gift card. Jerry's going to arrange that. We're going to take a quick break here and take some more phone calls when we come back, 773-763-9278. See, that was painless. If you've never called, easy peasy, everybody. We have one more gift card to give away if you'd like to call us, 773-763-9278. More after this. Get home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. And we're taking your calls. I know Jim's been on hold for a while, so let's get Jim from Chicago on the air. Hey, Jim, thanks for hanging in there. What's on your mind, my friend? Uh, the first hour of the show, I thought the Claude Rains line in Casablanca when he says, round up the usual suspects. <laughs> you know, me, Paul, and uh, Myrna. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to toot the horn of the uh, economic news today. The University of Michigan has one of the highest uh, confidence ratings in at least two and a half years. The stock market's gone through the ceiling. 
And uh, I say that this economy is on fire. It's on fire. It can only bode well for uh, Joe Biden. That's all I have to say. And now we have Janet Yellen and, and, the, and the instruments, uh, the people that are managing this economy. You look back at this period sometime in history, you just, just see how brilliant they really were. The other thing I was going to say, the White Sox, I love that property. They're, they're, uh, they're looking at? They're, yeah, you know, I love it. Is, it's, uh, it's in the South Loop. It's South in the Loop. South Loop. You know, you know, Printers Row and how hot the South Loop got when I was downtown. It's big. You were looking at candles on it. But how, far, anyway, how far away from the lake is that property? It's not far. It's yeah. not far. It's not far away. Okay. But I mean, it's it's a, it's a swinging neighborhood, and uh, and uh, I just hope they get it done. I hope the mayor and I know uh, JB is going to look at the bottom line of you know the taxpayer thing. You know, with these stadiums, how people get stuck with the bill. But I hope they get away with it because uh, I've been a Sox fan all my life, and uh, I'd love to see that. That's a uh, just a terrific spot there. How weird would it be to be able to go from uh, Comiskey to, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to call it Comiskey no matter what they call it when they build it. Uh, right, Paul? You, I think Paul's going to swing in and say the same. Yes? So since 1900, yeah, they've played in Bridgeport their entire, yeah. entire Really? Time. They've been in Bridgeport since the yeah, very beginning? Yeah, yeah like 39th yeah. Street for a few years, then Comiskey Park, then okay. now yeah. how, how crazy will it be that you can get, jump on Lakeshore Drive and just go from one park to the next? Yeah, I mean, I mean if you yeah, can fly down Lakeshore Drive, it's a so, kind of stop and go most of the time. Gonna make, it's it. going to make it crazy. What was that, Jim? You could probably you could cab it if you really you know if you really felt like it. I mean, or you could or but, or we could bike it. I'm just saying yeah. we could get. You, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, it's a great spot. But Comiskey, Comiskey, real quick. Comiskey was an Irish Catholic, and what happened in the city was the Irish Catholics became Sox fans. And the Protestant team were the Cubs. <laughs> I did not know and that. that. That's the guy. I should know yeah, that. That's, that, that's funny. That's the truth. That is the I, truth. I believe it. Anyway, anyway, Patty, thanks for taking my call. Have a great weekend. Have Safe a, weekend. Thank you. Have a good one. You can't really argue the Catholicism with the White Sox after seeing the nun, like, bouncing the ball off her bicep right. and throwing the first pitch a few years ago. <laughs> I yeah, I never really thought about it. I mean, it's just—I don't know if that's totally true because I've seen nuns at the at Wrigley Field. Oh, before, sure. Too. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, at some point, I'm sure that diverged. But uh, you know what? This is so random. I've—I've uh, I've been looking for new shows to watch. We've—we've we've, uh, caught up on Reacher on Amazon. I don't know if you watch. Uh, Reacher. I haven't seen it. It's pretty good. I, well, I mean, I don't know if it's more for me than I just like, <laughs> like seeing the guy without a shirt. I'll be honest with you. But uh, but I started watching Boardwalk Empire on HBO from okay, a few years yeah. ago, and it's kind of interesting. I didn't realize that they. Had a, uh, at, the, at least in the first season, they have a pretty big Chicago presence, and they're talking about and they're talking about the nineteen nineteen White, White Sox and all that uh, you know elements okay, of yeah. gambling and roster. What's his, whatever his name was, Arnold Rothstein. Yeah, 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 that guy, that guy. So I've been catching up on that. But uh, I grew up as a um, I played little league baseball. Uh, I loved I loved the Cubs, even though my dad my dad hated the Cubs. Um, have I ever told you this story? I, I think you've mentioned it before, but yeah. you were you yeah. were raised a Cubs fan because well, of the neighborhood you yes. grew up in. I'm a North Sider. But and, why was your father okay. not a Cubs? Was he a Sox fan or did he just hate the Cubs? Uh, he loved baseball. Loved, loved, lived and died 
by the Cubs wins and losses until the age of 10. He used to go to the Cubs games whenever he could. He would cut school even before 10 because my dad was one of those kids from the Great Depression who sold newspapers by the time he was six years old because they they grew up fast. Yeah. So he would hop on the trolley and go to the go to Wrigley, sneak into the park as he would as a tiny little kid. And uh, but he would get autographs from all the ball players. You know, the I don't know if they still have the stairs the same way when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was like the chain link fence up to the the locker room, right? Okay. They had, from the dugout to the locker room, and it was the same way when he was a kid, and he would ask them for autographs. And uh, he asked one of the ball players. My dad was ten, and the ball player told him to go f himself. And my dad went home and asked my grandmother, uh, or used the word because uh, now he'd heard a word and he used it. Uh, and I don't know if he asked her, but she hit him with a broom, and he hated that ball player and the Cubs for the rest of his life. Spent the next season in the uh, bleachers yelling at that out- outfield. Cab ready. I okay. uh, called him all kinds of Italian names, and uh, my dad said that, it was, that he helped drop his uh, batting average by uh, 10. I don't know if it's true. So, so you're telling me that your dad was like the original bleacher bomb at, at Wrigley Field? <laughs> it would have been, 19, uh, it been 1944. Was Which would have been like relatively new bleachers. I think they were right. built in like the late 30s. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, he used to go out there and yell at the ball because he hated the Cubs. He had a standing bet. Uh, every season, $25 that they would not finish over 500 And he won for a long time. Uh, and I, two things happened the year he died, uh, it, within the year. So he was diagnosed with cancer in December of 2000. And before, right before that, he voted for a Democrat for the first time in my life. He had, he had been a Democrat before the 1960s. Uh, he voted for Adlai Stevenson. And uh, so when he lost, he became a Republican, was disenchanted, whatever, and voted for Gore. And then started watching the Cubs. I should have known. That the end was near. Like, <laughs> it's like all these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's my father? Who is this guy? Yeah, I don't know this man anymore. So yeah, that was a. Uh, but he loved baseball, and I love baseball too. I, I do love the Cubs. I, do, I mean, I grew up loving the Cubs. I don't like the franchise anymore because of the Ricketts. Really, I just can't. When they when they gave the marquee the marquee the rights to broadcast, I was just like, so I can't. Sinclair's running marquee, yeah. and yeah, I'm on. Obvious that the Ricketts are huge uh, Trump supporters. Yes, that's what and I mean. Fundraisers, all for that the Republican stuff. Party. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got to sing the seventh inning stretch, but nobody heard us. Me, uh, Nick DeGilio, and Pete McMurray. We were the uh, seven p.m. to five a.m. crew. Yeah. Right. And so they had us sing the seventh inning stretch. It was going to be like they they uh, they were giving us plaques. It was the last bro- the last season of broadcast on WGN. Uh, we had to be out on the field and everything. But uh, Ron Santos and uh, Pat were out in the. Ble- they moved to the bleachers and they changed the audio to the bleachers and we okay, were in the booth. Yeah. And so nobody on the air, nobody in the stadium, which for me, I was fine with nobody hearing me and a one. But I have all these beautiful photos of me and Griffin in the uh, press box and it was really, that's really still, cool. Yeah, that's still a memory, even oh, though you yeah. weren't heard. But That's yeah. all right. It's, it was, you know what? It was, of course that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everything that happened when I was at WGN, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, that's... Uh, <laughs> Quick story here. Um, I, yeah. I went and saw the Bulls in the 90s a few times. And, you know, as a kid, it was exciting. Like, I got to see them turn out the lights and announce Michael Jordan's name. <gasps> the first time I went, it was like the night after the lights went out at Chicago Stadium and never turned back no. on. So they, as a precaution, didn't do the whole yeah. thing. You know, So I saw it for the first time with the lights on. It was just not the same effect. No. And then I think the second time around, Jordan had like plantar fasciitis and sat out. Oh. It was like a back-to-back. So it took like <laughs> the late 90s, no. like the second three-peat 
is when I finally saw yeah. it happen, but it That's was at the United crazy. Center. So. Oh, man. See, those things, those memories that pop up for you, right? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I used to love going to Wrigley, but I, I only go when I can go for free now. Like if someone gives me a ticket, someone invites me to go to the game, I'm not paying for well, it. Well, face values of like an arm and a leg to it's, go. Yeah. That's not, it's not worth it. And especially because it was so cheap when I was in I went to Lane Tech so we could go right down the street and go to the games. And yeah. it, was, it was cheap in the 80s. Well, and then you had the scalpers. It's changed uh-huh. with, uh, digital now, but I loved when scalpers had the paper tickets. And by the time the game started, that face value would go right down. The, the market would change instantly in the neighborhood. Yeah. Can't do that anymore. No, no, you can't do that anymore. It's uh, I, the most expensive ticket I've ever paid for anything, whether it's music or sports, was for I don't know, whatever game we lost against the Dodgers during the uh, playoffs. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I, I paid two hundred was my the most I've ever paid for a sporting event or that was like any the one loss they had against the Dodgers. I know. Too, right? Yeah. <laughs> But I was in the park for the playoffs. I got That's to be amazing. there. That's amazing. And a was, National League championship, too. That's yeah. really cool. And I and it was because uh, you can buy like the and it was it was cheaper because uh, I was on the uh, the, the visitors uh, like along the first baseline behind their dugout. So it was really good seats. But yeah, it was but because they save some seats for the players and their family and friends and things like that. So those tickets, like in the second inning, go, go for cheaper. So that's yeah. How I, have those. I think I've been fortunate enough to have that happen once. Yeah. it's like a sellout game. And you're like, wait, up front, what happened? Yeah, exactly. That's how I got those. Ah, I, I do. I do miss going to baseball games. Well, let's take a break here. Uh, it also reminds me of warmer weather. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to check in with our friends from Ranked Choice Voting. They have an event coming up on Tuesday. You need to know about. We need to get involved and energized. Uh, this is something that's. It's going to be a. Uh, a slow and steady mission of getting the word out and getting people activated. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. If you want to join our conversation anytime on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Thank you so much for driving it home with us. We'll be here till seven. I'm gonna take phone calls in a, in a few minutes. But first, I want to check in with our good friends from Fair Vote Illinois because Tuesday, January 23rd, is Ranked Choice Voting Day, and we want to get you involved. Because I will tell you, Rebecca, Rebecca Williams from Ranked Choice Voting, uh, Fair Vote Illinois joins us. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, I am a total dork for Fair Vote. I think you know that already, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we love it. <laughs> I, I really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on uh, this. Is one of the tools we have. To fix our politics, the divisiveness, the 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 bizarre antics that that bubble up at election time. Uh, tell us a little bit about how we can get involved and what we should what we should do to get people engaged, especially focusing on Ranked Choice Voting Day on the twenty third. Yeah, so Ranked Choice Voting Day. It's one, two, three. January 23rd every year. Um, Yeah, so that's fun. Um, If people check out our site, fairvoteillinois.org slash events, uh, they can see uh, chapter meetings happening, you know, throughout the state. We've got lots coming up tomorrow and um, in, you know, through the end of the month. So I would encourage people to check that out. And um, even if they don't have a, a local chapter meeting in their area, just signing up with us so that uh, throughout the year, they'll they'll see what's going on. They'll see potential ways they can help 
and uh, how we're moving ranked choice voting forward in Illinois. It really is growing. I know that uh, we've talked about Evanston uh, taking on ranked choice voting in their next. Is it going to be their their next election or is it slated for 20? Is it next year, 2025? 2025. Yes. Um, April 2025 should be the first election when it's happening for Evanston. And um, I will say at the moment, we don't know if um, the Cook County clerk is you know, on track with everything they're supposed to be doing for it to happen. Uh, but we do know that everyone in Evanston is is doing their part to make sure it's happening. So we are um, so we are we're just we're we're doing everything we can to make that go smoothly. And for folks who want to know, I, like I still cannot let go of the idea that Ireland, Australia has ranked choice voting. And if you think about some of the big issues that they have been able to approach and take on, including abortion in Ireland and gun legislation in Australia, these are things that we are very passionate about. There's a lot of issues that we need to, to close the gap on, like the far ends of the spectrum. I, you know, one of the questions I've had, Rebecca, is, you know, every every presidential election, there are third party and now it's, you know, the no names, I mean, no, no labels, uh, Green Party, mm-hmm. all these different groups, libertarians run. I, I do wonder, are, are there efforts, are, are they reaching out like in, in between presidential elections? Because that's also the solution for them to grow their base, isn't it? Absolutely. So we uh, here in Illinois, we do have a good amount of support from third parties, uh, both the libertarian and the Green parties are supportive of us here at Fairvote, Illinois. Um, I can't speak to all the other states, but I imagine uh, many other states are in similar situations. Um, so, uh, and we've also received received support from the forward party in the past. So I, I do think that a lot of the third parties recognize that ranked choice voting is going to be the only way that they even have a chance of receiving um, really a fair chance in these elections. Yeah, because... Go ahead, because... Yeah, because, um, again, ranked choice voting allows you to vote for your true preference. So if, if you like the Democrat candidate most, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna rank them first. Uh, but maybe, maybe in a certain race, you like the libertarian candidate most, or you like the Green Party candidate most. And so you can rank them first, and then you can rank others second. Um, and right now, people feel like they're wasting their vote if they rank the third party candidate. So. Or, yeah. or people, and there are people who are like, I can't vote for, you know, the two, the two top contenders. And that can make things a little bit dicey in the results as when it's a very close race. And, mm-hmm. and I do think that it gives us, you know, that this is how we move forward with our, our conversations. It does diminish the likelihood of people going very negative because you want to be the, you know, the, the candidate that's chosen second or third in the next round. Absolutely. So um, right now, if there are third party candidates running in races, uh, if they are in any way competitive, if they're in any way, you know, actually reaching the populace, they can be the target of some pretty nasty campaigning 
because they're just seen as taking away votes from the main contenders. But with ranked choice voting, that's eliminated because, again, people are able to rank their second or their third choice. So, um, you know, if, if you see that within a ranked choice voting contest, what you would likely see is the sort of main contenders might be saying the ways that they agree with that third party candidate uh, because they would be looking to be the second choice, even if they're not the first of those voters. That's I, I really am excited about this uh, as it's, it, there does seem to be more energy growing and momentum for ranked choice voting. So tell us what folks can do. Uh, obviously, visit the website to find out about all the ways you can participate, whether it's donating, volunteering uh, and, by, and and spreading the word. Right. Yes. Um, so if you're someone who is already familiar with ranked choice voting, please just talk to your friends, your family, your colleagues. Uh, your social media about it. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Fair Vote Illinois. We're on Facebook, uh, X, Instagram, TikTok, all of those. And yeah, just going to the website and uh, fairvoteillinois.org and signing up with us so that you know exactly what we're doing and how you can get involved and how you can help in the future. Excellent. And again, folks, this is growing. There are, you know, whether it's Nevada, Portland, in Portland, Oregon, Fort Collins, Colorado, we know that in Alaska, with the results were there, in Maine, here in Evanston, Illinois. It's exciting. I'm very, you guys must be feeling pretty good about getting the word out and how this is growing, aren't you? Absolutely. Uh, 2024 is poised to be the biggest year for ranked choice voting yet nationally. We know it's going to be on the ballot this November for the states of Nevada and Oregon, and it could be on the ballot for, I think, at least up to three more states. Um, so it's going to be pretty exciting up to this point. We've been able to say it's, you know, used statewide in two states, Alaska and Maine. It might be several more as of the end of this year. So um, we yeah, I think it's going to be a great year. I want to make sure that, that folks understand this because we do have a texture that says one person, one vote. Winner is the winner. No percentages or craziness. You are still dividing the vote. Although, cause, but here's the thing, and, I, and, I, and I'll, let, uh, I'll let Rebecca address this as well to the 847. Uh, right now, the percentages, let, let's just use the mayoral election the, when Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle went head to head in a runoff. Um, you had what was like 11 or 12 candidates. So nobody, nobody got a simple majority. Nobody in between the two of them, they were basically chosen by the It is already about percentages when you have a race as a general election without a primary, because there is no primary in Chicago, just for as an example. But explain to folks why one person, one vote. You, you actually aren't your, your voice isn't heard as well if you can have ranked choice voting. Explain that for folks. Yeah. So ranked choice voting is really about ensuring that whoever wins has majority support. So um, with it, if if a candidate gets ma- the majority, so 50% plus one in the first round of voting, great. And they win and we don't have to take rankings into account. Uh, but often that is not the case, such as 
the mayoral contest or many of the aldermanic contests in Chicago where you have a lot of candidates running and no one gets that majority. So right now, the way it works in Chicago is they do require a majority, but what they what they do to get that is they eliminate they eliminate all of the candidates other than the top two vote getters in the first election and they make everyone come out again. Uh, we don't think that's a good system. We don't think that it's good for people to be left with just the top two choices when those top two choices often got, you know, no more than 18% or 25% of the vote or something like that. And for everyone to have to come out all over again for another election. Uh, with ranked choice voting, you simply put what your second choice, third choice, fourth choice, whatever is, and then it's all tabulated in one election. Um, so it's not, and and also it's not that you're getting multiple votes. If your vote, if your first choice is a candidate who is very viable from the beginning, like if your first choice is a really popular candidate, it's not going to transfer. The only time your vote transfers is if it's not a viable candidate. And then in that case, well, it goes to your second or your third choice. And and here's why I I don't believe it divides the vote, my friend in the 847, because, you know, our, uh, let, let's take, for example, uh, our friend Brendan Hennigan, uh, our young man who we've talked to a few times, who now says that uh, as much as he aligns with, you know, a lot of the values that maybe Democrats or progressives do, he simply cannot vote for Biden. So let's say he wants to vote for Cornell West, but he absolutely knows he definitely doesn't want Trump. I'm just giving this for you, since you don't, so you don't have to do this, Rebecca, as far as like p- picking which candidate's the worst. But like mm-hmm. he knows he doesn't want Trump, so he'll pick Cornell West first, and as Rebecca said, most likely not a viable candidate. But he's going to vote for him anyway. That's, and and yeah. in Illinois, it's not a problem. But in other states where we want to make sure, in swing states, uh, giving someone a choice, and they they want Cornell West, they'll vote for them. But they know they don't want Trump, so they're going to vote for Biden second. And if more people do it that way, and then maybe Cornell West or another candidate like him, people see that he's got more support. Then you have you're building the base. Maybe they can get more donations next time, and then build that way. That way, we are creating a space it's not just republicans and democrats and we have the extremists who are taking over the party that's that's the way i look at it absolutely it's it's making sure whoever wins is whoever wins has majority support from the community whether the community is the state the city the district whatever that is um and again if someone gets the majority in the first round that's great they did a good job of really capturing um that you know the the majority of that population but that's often not the case and so instead of just allowing candidates to win with a plurality were um, this is a system that really captures that majority sentiment and rewards candidates for reaching out to a majority of the base as opposed to just capturing whatever minority they and their campaign team figure out that they need to win. 
Excellent. I'm so glad we're, we're working on this. We'll continue to have these conversations and hopefully answer people's questions. And look, this isn't anything that's being forced on anyone, uh, you know, because when we do eventually have the opportunity to vote on this, it will at that point be one person, one vote, uh, and as it will be yep. with ranked choice voting, one person, one vote. Uh, it's just that you have you're, you're voting for different things in, in, in the entire ballot. Um, again, I, I do think it's a it's something I'm looking forward to uh, having the opportunity to make a choice on that. And with that, we need to be reaching out to our legislators, to our electeds, and having that conversation with them and find out where they are on that. Uh, so everyone go to fairvoteillinois.org. And Rebecca, we look forward to having, uh, having you in studio again soon. I hope you're staying warm. Thank you so much, Patty. Hope you are too. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Thank Bye you. Bye bye. When we come back, I want to take our calls. I know. I know one of our friends has been on hold for a while, so thank you for hanging in there, George. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. If you want to join our conversation anytime, and I'm sorry for our friends in Minneapolis, St. Paul, KTNF, listening to us a little bit later on uh, nine fifty a.m. Because uh, you you can also tune in live and listen to us. Uh, we're on your time uh, time zone, so you can always that way you can call in too. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. More in a moment. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I am taking your phone calls, and I'm sorry we, we kind of uh, paused the uh, ballpark conversation. And George from the South Side is calling to, to join us. Hey, George, what's on your mind, my friend? Thanks for taking my call, Patty. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank, thank you. Um, before I get to... The White Sox. I just want to say to anybody who has objections to ranked choice voting, take the time to do a little study and examine how it has worked out in the places that have tried it. Based on what I've read and heard over the years, everywhere that it's been tried, it's been a success, and people are enthusiastic about it, and they love it. What ranked choice voting does is increase the level of democracy and authentic representative government. Yep. It, and like I said, I could be wrong, but I haven't heard of any locale that has gotten rid of it once they started it. And the other thing is, in other countries, like I'm thinking in particular of Ireland, it runs so smoothly, it's like a Swiss watch. Their, their elections are over and done with uh, in a day or two, and everything moves along smartly. There's no disruptions, no uh, suspension of government activities, just a seamless, it's like a seamless garment. And it would be wonderful here in the United States, but we have so many anti-democratic forces here, it's going to be a long fight to get it established. I agree. Um, Yep, I'm I'm excited about it though. I'm excited about the possibilities. Oh yeah, yep. it's a fabulous idea. Whoever were the first folks to come up with it, uh, they at least deserve a testimonial dinner. And, um, <laughs> but as far as the White Sox, as you know, I always call from the South Side. My both sides of my family go back to like 1912, and both sides of the family have been White Sox fans since time immemorial. Uh huh. Um, the until blood? the last couple or three years. Really? And we have started to get to the point where we can no longer tolerate Reinsdorfian operation of the team. We've had it. Mm. Um, this 
this bunch, Jerry and his kids and the sycophants that he hires, no matter how incompetent they are, do not respect the fans. They don't care what the fans want. Just as an example, this is the third year in a row with a wintertime Sox Fest, something that the Cubs capitalized to the max. Um, I worked up in the area where the White Sox were threatening to move out into the, the west, west northwest suburbs back in the 80s. And co-workers that knew the area intimately, where Reinsdorf said he was going to build a new stadium, said that it was unbelievably inappropriate and would be a bad location because the road network then was all two-lane blacktops, and a big chunk of the land was protected wetland, which meant that under the law, for every acre of wetland destroyed to build a stadium, they would have to construct an acre and a half somewhere else. And with the reluctance of Reinsdorf to spend any money on anything at all, you know that that was never going to happen. You know, his threats to move yeah. down to Florida. Right. It was all a hustle. It was all a connivance. It was all a shell game. It was all a con game. And we Sox fans have been through so much dishonest nonsense with this guy for over 40 years now. I mean, this is the longest ownership group uh, except for the Comiskeys, and they're getting close to, to equaling or surpassing that. Uh, the other thing is this is a ripoff for we the people. All of that land mm. that's in the south side right now where the park and the parking lots are, it doesn't generate any property tax money, <clears throat> and it's only used for baseball 81 days a year. Right. The other 284, zilch. Um, if, the Sox, if they had called their bluff and the Sox had moved to Florida, that whole area could have been redeveloped with businesses, maybe some factories, a lot of new housing, and all of it would be generating revenue now. Um, the white, as far as I know, the White Sox generally do not cover all the expenses they generate every year. They've been subsidized by the state, the county, and the city all this time, and they still owe $60 million on uh, paying off the bonds on the stadium, and it's over 30 years now. Why isn't it paid off? I mean, this, this, it's, just, it's just a ridiculous abuse of the people, and um, I can tell you with confidence that quite a few people I know who are life, lifelong White Sox fans, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, beginning with the last two years, have pulled the plug and just said, I'm not a Sox fan anymore. I'm not following the Sox. I, I know wow. two younger members of my family who have said, that's it. I'm done. They've become fans of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh. And, and the, the thing is, I, I don't work downtown anymore, but that piece of property is immensely valuable. And if they build another public stadium on that land, it also will generate no property tax revenue. And I can also tell you, um, because of the kind of work I used to do as a commercial driver, that the afternoon rush hour in that area oh, between, <laughs> between the river and Canal Street and Clark Street and Roosevelt on the north, 18th on the south, Cermak on the south, is already bad enough and congested enough. You start bringing in enough traffic to put just twenty or 25,000 people in the stadium, you're going to paralyze the whole South Loop. 
And the people who live and work there, who have businesses there, don't deserve to be sacrificed on the altar of Jerry Reinstorf's pocketbook. I mean, this guy is a conniver and a con artist, and he ain't all that smart because both the Cubs and the White Sox uh, were sold in the early 80s. Um, the Cubs initially to the Tribune and then later to the Ricketts. But over that time, the White Sox franchises, the last I've read, rose to a value of $2.05 billion. The value of the Cubs is $4.1 billion, twice as much. I don't know why we should subsidize this dishonest, incompetent, corrupt guy who is, the last thing I'll say is, he made inexcusable dismissals of the two top guys in his front office in, what was it, August of last year or the previous year. And the, the new general manager, Chris Getz, who has been the head of the farm system for the last seven years or so, generally regarded as one of the least effective farm systems in the past 10 years or so. And last, the last year's farm teams, six, the six of them, had a combined one-loss percentage of 441. And this guy, who failed to develop young talent, is now running the franchise. I mean, everybody oh. I know sees the White Sox as a, as a zombie organization. It's like dead man walking. And, and now they're, they're, they're getting rid of whatever they got left of any quality. Dylan Cease, the pitcher, who they can't get anybody to take. Tim Anderson's gone and nobody's signed him yet. They still have Luis Robert, a class center fielder, one of the best in the business. But they're on a major rebuild now. They're not going to be any kind of competitive for three to five years. And Southsiders have just had it. Wow. Don't do anything for the White Sox. Let them make their own way in the world. Reinsdorf is supposed to be a such smart money man. He can go buy land, get a mortgage, pay the construction companies himself. You know, University of Chicago economists, was like 15, 20 years ago, did a study. And a professional sports franchise, at best, generates as much activity, according to them, for a metropolitan area as a medium-sized department store. Wow. So why are we breaking, yeah, breaking really? our backs? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we breaking our backs for the White Sox? And the, the Bulls and the, and the Blackhawks got a, a sweet deal with um, eminent domain to, to build the United Center. And we don't even want to start about the Bears. There's over $600 million still owed on the Soldier Field rebuild. So this has got to stop at some point. I mean, it's just ripping off of the oh. people in a city where people have no, not enough food, shelter, heat, schools, people living in tents. I mean, Reinstorf's and his kids are going to be rich forever. It is weird. It, it is anything. it is weird how much politicians trip over themselves when it comes to the, the all all of our teams. Uh, yeah, I, and I've seen it, and it's just like you know there should be a little, don't be such a geek for this team, and then give them all these sweetheart deals that you're talking about when you aren't providing. Paul, did you want to jump in? Sports fans vote. That's why. That's why they do. Oh, that. I see. Yeah, they want to see the jerseys. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember the, the, thing that, huh? the thing that that really is uppermost in my mind at the moment. Uh, is simply that that part of the city will be paralyzed every day there's a White Sox game. I mean, and that is going to inconvenience so many people, so much commerce, so much business. 
uh, I mean, it's just... I've got to run for a guest, but I do want to say one thing. I will say this. I wonder if there's also in the back of their minds, because there's so many people, like so much retail and office space that is not like leases are not being renewed and they're trying to find another way to inject some sort of dynamic element to the area. Uh, Because the, you know, if you check out all the people, whether it's on public transit or people who are buying, you know, their coffee or lunch at local places, that's gone down a lot since the pandemic. I'm not saying that's a driving force or should be but i'm just i just saw that the leases are down this year for downtown yeah that is that is a, a very important factor but i think if they build a park where they're talking about it that's going to make the south loop less tenable for the people who live and work there because yeah. they're going to be jammed in all the time where the park is, is where the park yeah where the park is now is as far south of downtown as Wrigley Field is north of downtown. It's close enough. It's on the red line. It's on the Metra. They've got their own station at 35th Street on the Metra. And you can get there on an expressway, which is right next door to the park. The the new location will have none of those transportation advantages. None. Ugh. And it, it's Ugh. just going to make life in the city much more difficult. Yeah, I, I have no, I have no skin in this game, but I, I'm leaning towards them not going there. I've got to run to to our break because I've got a guest uh, that we're we're going to get to in just a moment. Uh, so thank you, George. Always great to hear from you, and definitely something to think about. Thank you. I'm with you. They shouldn't move. That's just me. <laughs> and me and you. I don't know who else. You're an intelligent woman. I've always thought so. <laughs> have a great weekend, George. Be well. Let's uh, let's you take, too. thank Bye-bye. you, thank you. Bye-bye. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, let's talk to our, our friends. Uh, we've talked to her a few, uh, I believe, a few months ago, uh, and I'm excited to talk to her again. We're going to check in with Laura Packard of Healthcare Voter and Healthcare Voices. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal, and KTNF 950 AM, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I want to thank our guest who joins us right now, Laura Packard, who is the executive director of Healthcare Voter. Uh, thank you for your patience. We were having, uh, we've been talking a little bit of baseball and food, and sometimes we can get carried away with that. So thank you so much. How have you been? I've been good. Uh, it's uh, snowing here, but apart from that, uh, all is well. I, I uh, yeah, it's been a little bit. Uh, th- we're gonna get forty degree weather next week, and I'm very excited about that. That's what's helping me <laughs> hang on. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm. I've talked to people about this before, in that I do believe that healthcare is the crisis of our generation, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so I'm so excited to talk to you about this because with Healthcare Voter, tell folks what the mission is of of your organization. Uh, well, Healthcare Voter is all about uh, educating voters, and there is an election coming up uh, so that uh, people can be proactive and vote for people that are working to expand our healthcare instead of taking it away. And actually, um, uh, I believe it's Monday is the 51st anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Uh, which, as uh, most folks know, uh, was overturned by this radical Supreme Court, uh, meaning that uh, millions of women in uh, 14 states are not able to get the health care that they need. So that is one crisis that it is important, uh, so important to vote on this November. 
And there has been a candidate who has said as soon as he has the opportunity, he will repeal the Affordable Care Act. Um, of course, a lot of people call it Obamacare so that they can be retaliatory and hurt mm-hmm. people, essentially, by re- restricting their access to health care. Tell us a little bit about, th- about that, that kind of looming threat. <laughs> Well, uh, Donald Trump has, uh, when he was president in 2017, he uh, tried very hard to get the Affordable Care Act repealed. And uh, more recently, in the past few weeks, he has been talking about how he says it sucks and he wants to get rid of it. But uh, through four years of his presidency and now three years later, there's no replacement. They have yet to come up with any kind of plan that would make the 135 million of Americans with pre-existing conditions have protections if they did succeed in taking away the Affordable Care Act. It is, it's absolutely mind-blowing that, and that was part of what he ran on, remember? He everything that he said he was going to do, and, and people like, you know, point to, I, I, it blows my mind that people are like, he, you know, he, he did everything except for that one thing, and, and they'll say it's either that he didn't build a wall, or he didn't uh, replace Affordable Care Act, or, he, you know, all these things. He didn't do any of the things he told us. It was going to be beautiful. It was going to be a beautiful thing, Laura. He was going to replace it with something, <laughs> we have a plan, and nothing. And even though, not only did he have the White House, he certainly had a pretty, pretty big, solid block that he could have gotten something done if they actually had a plan to do anything except for say no to the fundamental policies that help Americans. That's just the way I look at it. Exactly. And last time it came within one vote, uh, Senator John McCain voting down yes. the repeal, like it was close. We nearly lost the Affordable Care Act and all the protections in it, including your kids being able to stay on your health insurance until they're 26, uh, women uh, not being able to, um, uh, being not being overcharged just for being a woman, um, limits on uh, yearly or lifetime care so that if you were sick, your insurance company could say, sorry, you've hit the limit. Now you get to die. All those things could come back if the Affordable Care Act went away. And there's been so much progress during the Biden administration, even in the Inflation Reduction Act. I love that you guys have uh, kind of the, the breakdown of this. Uh, let's start with the, with the pharmaceutical costs of, let's say, for medication for diabetes. Or a lot of people who are on medication they have to take every day that can run into the hundreds of dollars. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and he addressed this. President Biden addressed this, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And uh, the Inflation Reduction Act uh, is rolling out over time. So already you may see $35 uh, insulin co-pays if you're on Medicare and uh, prescription drug costs are limited to the uh, price of inflation and so on. But uh, the uh, price negotiations uh, take effect uh, next year. They start negotiating this year and next year we get those prices. So uh Americans will continue to benefit from the Inflation Reduction Act over the next few years. It wasn't just one and done, but the benefits continue to roll out. And this is one of those things where, you know, people are talking about the economy and there and we have we hear journalists talking about how well Americans aren't really feeling it yet. I wish that when folks get that bill or the receipt of their prices mm-hmm. going down for the medications, uh, it would have, you know, like we've talked about the construction and shovels in the ground. There should be a big sign that says, thanks, Joe Biden. I wish we could put that on the receipt mm-hmm. so that people know where it came from, because not, you know, we marinate in this and, and we, mm-hmm. we follow these things. Some people are just like, oh, I guess my 
insurance company dropped this. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it's sometimes there isn't that connection of policy and the actual experience of lower prices. And so I just I hope people start to realize the differences uh, rather than uh, focusing on all these very loud, uh, nasty conversations that are filled with nothing but just bloviated anger. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Yes, because uh, like I said before, the benefits are continuing to roll out. So if you go, if you had gone to healthcare.gov to shop for an insurance policy, uh, policies were more affordable for people that uh, were uh, middle class Americans uh, and so on. And so we have to keep what we've got so far uh, rather than going back to the time where we were fighting just to keep keep any of it. You know, we should be working to expand healthcare, not trying to fight the people uh, that are trying to take it away. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's, and I really am glad that you guys are doing this work. Folks, you can follow Healthcare Voter on Twitter as well, and, and uh, Laura Packard if you'd like. Uh, let's everyone get involved and, and be aware and, and tell these stories. You know, it, it, it's sometimes just those little conversations that you have, with, whether it's at, with the, at the pharmacy or at the coffee shop or with your friends. Uh, and I know that it's dicey. I mean, it's not the most uh, easy thing, but you don't have to talk about politics. You can say, hey, you know, I, I got a great surprise. My, you know, my healthcare costs are, I'm saving money every year uh, because this mm-hmm. is the thing people worry about they worry about getting sick uh, they worry about uh, you know how much whether it's a, an ambulance ride to the emergency room or a broken bone or you know an a, a unexpected medical condition that that gets diagnosed it, this is terrifying for folks isn't it Absolutely. And it matters who is in office. Uh, for example, that $35 uh, insulin copay, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, as it was originally written, was going to make sure that everybody had a $35 insulin copay, not just people on Medicare. Uh, but uh, Republicans in the U.S. Senate uh, had that pulled so that it w- would only benefit people on Medicare. So it really matters who you vote for, uh, because uh, that determines what they can or can't do for you once they're in office. Yeah, and these are the things that matter the most: is our, our access to healthcare. These are, the, I mean, for me, it, it's healthcare, it is labor, you know, labor rights, it's the environment. Mm-hmm. But for me, really, healthcare is at the very top, and, and especially as a mom who has I, my son Declan has a neurological disorder, and you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I've, I've been able to uh, provide the kind of healthcare that keeps all of his specialists, uh, you know, on our team and, and helps mm-hmm. with his progress. Uh, but a lot of folks, you know, they, I, I don't think they realize how close they are to because the isn't it like bankruptcy rate because of mm-hmm. medical costs is astronomical in this country mm-hmm. and uh, medical debt uh, continues to be an mm-hmm. issue because uh, people that don't have insurance or people who are underinsured uh, they don't have enough insurance and so when something really bad happens uh, getting it covered and so that's why it's so important to make sure that you get a good insurance policy uh, if if you lose it and and make sure that you get covered and if you have lost your health insurance open enrollment is over right now but you can still go to healthcare.gov it's a qualifying event if you lose your health insurance that makes you eligible to enroll even if it's after open enrollment. 
Yeah, be on top. It's sometimes things get away from us, and maybe we we miss those uh, those dates. Is there a way? Because I get for some reason I think because mm-hmm. I was in between jobs uh, at the beginning of, or just prior to the pandemic, so I was uh, I'm on a list where I get texts about uh, open mm-hmm. enrollment and things like that. There's probably places where people can make sure that they're up to date on that and get those alerts. Don't you think? I mean, do you have where can they go? Uh, I would start by going to healthcare.gov. Okay. And then uh, no matter what state you're in, um, it, it'll direct you to the right place. That's, uh, it's, it's just so valuable to folks. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with, uh, with, um, with healthcare voter, healthcare voter and uh, mm-hmm. healthcare t- care voice. Uh, well, in 2017, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And uh, thankfully, I had good insurance through the Affordable Care Act because I never could have afforded the six months of chemotherapy and month of radiation treatments it took for me to be here in remission today. So the ACA saved my life. Uh, But while I was going through that, the day after my first chemotherapy appointment, uh, Republicans in the U.S. House voted to repeal the Affordable Care Act. So I'm on my couch uh, after I've gone through chemotherapy, just trying to stay alive and, you know, watching as all this happens uh, and and my insurance is threatened. And nobody should have to go through that. But uh, I've had the opportunity to advocate for other folks and uh, make sure that uh, people know what's going on and what they can do about it. It is really uh, what a remarkable story, and, and I'm so glad that you have been able to take that and help other people. It, it's just such a, a wonderful thing that people are, are having these conversations, uh, being made aware. And I remember that night that uh, John McCain, we didn't know. I was, I, I'll was i never forget, because I, I used to host an overnight radio, because, folks, it was in the middle of the night. It was mm-hmm. it was de- I w- it was like maybe one in the morning. I was outside because it was summer, or at least it was warm out, and I was in my hammock with a, a an old fashioned. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was watching it on my tablet, just w- trying to because f- I was so nervous. It, it could have mm-hmm. gone either way, and uh, and he went up there and just put his thumbs thumb down to uh, to revoking the ACA. It was crazy. Yeah, and I mean, it never should have come down to that. It no. never should have been a close vote. No. But it was, and we know that could happen again. Uh, what uh, What else can we do? What What should folks be mindful of? Having conversations, uh, going to the website, following following your organization on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Again, that's Healthcare Voice and uh, Healthcare mm-hmm. Healthcare Voter, both accounts that you can follow. And healthcare.gov, you said, was a place to find out more about your insurance? Yes. And uh, pay attention to uh, even your uh, state elected officials and your local elected officials. Like if if you are in Wisconsin, there is a uh, right wing majority in the legislature that is preventing Badger Care from being expanded to hundreds of thousands of Wisconsinites that need affordable health insurance. So, I mean, who you vote for, even on a local level, affects whether uh, people you know or whether you can get affordable health insurance. Do you see this election year as the, this is the, the big challenge?
challenges, making sure that we uh, protect the, the presidency and reelect mm-hmm. Joe Biden. And for, it, it is a matter of living to fight another day. And then so moving forward, because I've talked to local electeds in, in Illinois mm-hmm. and, and what I, I really need more people to have a sense of urgency when it comes to expanding health care, whether it's universal health care, a single payer. I mean, I would like to I think everyone mm-hmm. should have the same insurance that we pay for our electeds. Uh, I, I just that's just uh, uh, that's where I stand on that. And I do think that health care is a right. Um, how do we get more state electeds to be mm-hmm. have that sense of urgency? Uh, well, you should be talking to your uh, state representative and your state senators about this uh, because they need to hear it from you. And I know that the Illinois state legislature is looking at doing some work of reining in junk insurance policies that don't really cover the care that people need. And uh, I think they may be doing some uh, work on making prescription drugs more affordable in Illinois. And so in, whether you're in Illinois or Wisconsin or wherever you are, your state legislators have a lot of power to affect your life and your health care. And so if you think that prescription drugs should be more affordable, make sure that your elected officials know about it and that you think they should do something about it. I'm so grateful for this conversation. Everything that we've talked about is just it's so crucially important. And remember, folks, uh, Donald Trump has bragged about having Roe v. Wade overturned and he will continue to make lives and that and we talk about women and our autonomy but it really is our families our communities this affects everybody and uh, I'm so grateful you guys are doing this work we'd love to check in with you again Laura if your schedule allows absolutely glad to be here excellent it's Laura Packard P-A-C-K-A-R-D if you want to follow her on Twitter as well as healthcare healthcare voice and healthcare voter Uh, and you can go to laurapackard.com as well have a great rest of your weekend and we'll talk to you again soon thank you thank you take care let's uh Take a break here, and when we come back, we'll uh, head into the into the long into the home stretch. And I want to catch up on a bunch of texts and messages that I've gotten during the show, and apparently uh, the phone call that I just uh, dismissed. More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal and KTNF nine fifty AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monocle Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale. Because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonocleBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. Oh, we are live on WCPT 820 AM and KTNF. Well, we're not live in, on KTNF 950 AM, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, they listen to us just a little bit later and we love having you join the conversation, folks. We've had a lot of uh, texts during the show. I also started uh, my my Facebook live of uh, whiskey and a cookie. So I'm doing two shows at once, Paul. I'm, I've never done this before, but I'm always late to whiskey and a cookie. But if you talk to me, which you should, uh, they won't. I don't think they'll be able to hear you unless I turn my I think if I turn my mic off. Let me turn your my mic off and you guys and say something. Hi. Oh gosh, okay. This is gonna be crazy with like the button mashing here. Um hello whiskey and a cookie. So this is a simulcast, correct? Kind of, because I have been doing Whiskey and a Cookie for about eight years. It was a sm- segment on my uh, overnight show previously. And uh, then during the pandemic, I was like, we, we need to talk about what's all the craziness that's going on. The concept was that, um, well, here's here's where the name came from. Let's, let's do it that way first, which is I was at a fundraiser for... Um, 
the equestrian connection, which is where my son does hippotherapy. It's horseback equine therapy. And my friend Elliot Serrano and I were there and they had a, a fantastic bar with great bourbon and whiskey. And while we were sipping on some great bourbon and whiskey, uh, a girl was a woman came around and I think she was actually a kid. She had a basket like like I was like, what kind of magic is this? She had a basket of the most fabulous chocolate chip cookies. And we were like. And it paired well. It was like a Reese's peanut butter moment. We were like, this, this is amazing. We needed, so we had a segment where we would have a conservative and a liberal talk, argue over politics, uh, at midnight, after midnight. And we figure, well, you know what? So things will get out of control and we don't hate each other. Uh, we should have something to take the edge off. So that became whiskey and a cookie. So it's not a requirement to drink whiskey and have a cookie. It's just a mood. Okay. No, that, that, I guess that makes sense. I don't, I mean, but do you participate by having a whiskey, whiskey and a cookie? Not while I'm live here. I don't have, uh, I don't partake or imbibe, but uh, when the show's over, maybe I got a Manaqua brew in the fridge. So the reason I wanted to start this early uh, with my friends on uh, whiskey and a cookie is because I, I always start it late. And then I, I also want to go home to my basement where I have like, it's just my, I just want to be comfortable because I, I feel so bad because I'm usually here like in the conference room or I stay in the, in the studio and I'm like, I just feel weird. I want to go home to my, I want to go to my house. That's understandable, especially yeah. since it's a short commute home, too. Yeah, a couple, couple blocks. So, yes. So I've been doing the, the Facebook Live version of this uh, since, I want to say, the, yeah, 2020 during the pandemic. And I want to thank all of our, our fans that uh, continue to join the conversation. Uh, I don't know. I probably should, there, No one else has joined the meet. I mean, I don't know if uh, folks are watching on Facebook. Uh, hi, everybody. But um, I probably surprised uh, Adam Selzer, uh, Elliot Serrano. I probably should have told them I was going to open it earlier, but then they can't talk to me because I can't talk to them because then that, that would be too much. So it's just me vamping. I, I, oh, we're almost at the end of the show. Look at this. I didn't get to all the rest of the text. Oh, no. Quick, quick, quick. I've got to get to the, the, the text that people were sending in because there was there were all kinds of food and recommendations for you. If you ever get stuck in carry, somebody had a recommendation. We're going to go a little bit. Jerry's, late. Uncle Jerry's Pizza. Uh, no, I don't think it was. Hold tracks. On. Uh, it was Tracks. The Great tracks, burgers, yeah. The tracks is a few feet. From when I got stranded, I went there for lunch. Is that where you went? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there I grew up in Cary, so I'm very familiar with that place. Yeah, so you're familiar with uh, tracks is a few from the Cary train station, so you did Im- enjoy a, a burger. Uh, Mike and Evanson said there's nothing like a toasted everything bagel, butter, Philadelphia cream cheese, and either a Valencia or a red onion. Yum. Oh, that doesn't. Now I'm going to get hungry. So you're going to go home and have more than just a whiskey and a cookie. Uh, Mirna also sent uh, the quality brand hot sauce information, so I can find more about that. And then we had. Uh, who wants? Oh, so people are talking about opening up businesses in Chicago, considering how things have got a little bit crazy. Uh, so, uh, Eight four seven says Biden sent me a letter removing my student loan. So, congratulations on that. And I think that's everybody. I hope I got to your text, everyone. Say thank you. Oh, and I, I wait. There was one more thing. There was somebody uh, who said they had tried calling. Um, we were talking about the answer earlier. Uh, uh, 5.60 a.m., the conservative talk show, and she told the, the screener what she was going to talk about, and they left her on hold for the rest of the show. So that's how they play. Oh, we don't, I mean, I, I sometimes have a guest on. I can't get to all my callers, but I try very hard not to do that to folks. Uh, so there you go. So that's, I think we're all caught up there. What are your plans for the weekend, Paul? I'm working here. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay, though. My, my weekend already happened. Tell them not to turn this camera around, because I will, I, will I will turn the car around. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a whole point of contention here. I don't want to get into it. All right. <laughs> it doesn't involve me, but I just I, I just know and I don't, I don't want to get it. I don't it. get why they turn this one around and then I have to spend the first ten minutes of the show trying to put it back in focus when I spin it around. Anyway, that's not uh, call the station. Anyone listening, call the station. We want a fixed cameras. We want to improve this yes. call management. That's yes. that's all I can do. We is need just better cameras. At this point. That's a good point. Have a great weekend, Paul. Mike Crute's up next with Devil's Advocates, followed by Matt McNeil. And uh, we love y'all. Have be well.